Social Impact CX, the podcast that helps you drive mission and make a difference with customer experience. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me for the Social Impact CX podcast. I'm John Corrigan, and I'll be your guide to how you can drive mission and achieve social impact with customer experience work. This is episode 27 of Social Impact CX, and again, as always, thanks for listening. This episode of Social Impact CX is all about social business models. What is a social business? Uh, What is social entrepreneurship all about? How do you have a social mission and still focus on building a profitable business as well? What's that all about? Well, we're going to talk about that here. Uh, But before we get started, as usual, let's take a moment uh, for a moment of gratitude. Today, I'd like to say that I'm grateful for B Corporations and more specifically the team at B-Lab, the group that certifies B-Corporations. I follow B-Labs online. I've seen them present at major events like SOCAP. SOCAP is short for Social Capital. It's an event held in San Francisco each year. Uh, But back to B-Labs, they are an important leadership group and a critical voice in this world of social business. So exactly what is the difference between a B Corporation and a Benefit Corporation? People get confused on that. And actually, if you go to the B Labs uh, website, uh, they, they address that issue. Um, uh, and so, in fact, the, the B Labs website is a great resource to learn more about uh, all of this. And if you check it out at bcorporation.net, um, you'll see that they offer some clarification. In fact, I'm going to take this opportunity even to uh, read directly from what they share. Um, And so what's the difference between a certified B Corp and a benefit corporation? Uh, Benefit corporations and certified B corporations are often confused. The B Corp certification is a third-party certification administered by the nonprofit B Lab, based in part on a company's verified performance on the B Impact Assessment. And that's, that's something that, that the B-Lab team, they've developed. The, the Benefit Corporation is a legal structure, and we're going to talk more about legal structures, at least here in the U.S. for social businesses. So the Benefit Corporation is a legal structure for a business, like an LLC or a corporation. Benefit corporations are legally empowered to pursue positive stakeholder impact alongside with profit. Uh, some companies are both certified B corporations and benefit corporations, and the benefit corporation then structure it fulfills the legal accountability for B Corp certification. Uh, but but what they're saying here is that to be a certified B Corp, and there's a little logo that you may have seen that, that shows as a certified B Corp. Um, uh, you can be a benefit corporation without being a certified B Corp. But if you're interested in the subject and want to learn more, you should check out what's offered on uh, the uh, the website from with the B Labs team. Uh, they seem to me to be important players offering great guidance uh, and, and a true leadership voice and real integrity in the field of social business. Which brings us to the core subject of this episode of Social Impact CX, social business, or more specifically, social business models and structures and concepts and, and how you can make that happen if you're interested in doing so. I've had a couple key points of influence that have driven me to recording an episode specifically on this subject of social business, which I think is very much related to Social Impact CX. If you're trying to help more people, um, a business structure um, uh, that is uh, providing the context for those experiences you're providing, 
I think considering the business structure is really important. Whether you're working for a nonprofit organization or for a for-profit business, I think it's really important to understand what is going on in the world of social businesses. So one point of influence for me personally, at least, is that I have founded a social business myself with my startup Journey Map, which is an L3C. And we're going to be talking more about what an L3C is in a moment, and that's as opposed to like an LLC. And these are all U.S. business models. Um, but the other inspiration for me for this particular episode is that next week I will have the opportunity to hear the one and only Jerry Greenfield speak at a local conference. Jerry is co-founder of the company that makes Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Yes, he's the Jerry of Ben and Jerry's. Social mission and social responsibility have always been part of the ethos and purpose of Ben and Jerry's ice cream, rather famously so, and that is why the Ben and Jerry's story is so relevant to this episode of Social Impact CX. So while it's true that today we have B Corps and benefit corporations and L3Cs and potentially other emerging business models that focus on doing well and doing good or a double bottom line, uh, as it's called sometimes, uh, it's good to note that the idea of placing social mission at the center of a business, yes, a for-profit business, this idea has been around for a while and Jerry Greenfield, along with his co-founder Ben Cohen, they were real pioneers in this space. Uh, yes, there have been corporate social responsibility efforts over the years, and there have been businesses that have been committed to giving back as a foundational component to their business, but I think it's fair to say that what Ben and Jerry did was rather groundbreaking and helped to create this growing environment of social business models that we see today. True pioneers, indeed. Now, I've already hit on some jargon and terms that are specific to this world of social businesses. Uh, B Corporation, or B Corp for short, L3C's double bottom line, which means you're measuring impact as well as measuring revenue or profit. Um, but yeah, I always try to cut through the jargon and get to plain language here at Social Impact CX. So I will do my best to get to clear concepts. In addition to those terms that I just listed, I think understanding what the difference is between a nonprofit organization and a for-profit social business I think that's also fairly fundamental to this conversation, so I'll do my best to cover all that here. If you want more information, there are increasingly more and more resources online. When I founded my social business journey map in, in 2016, um, I'd gone rather deep researching social businesses and for-profits and non-profits, and I'll tell you, there were far fewer articles written and resources out there than what's available now. And as I prepared for this podcast episode, I was really excited to see how much new has been written over the past couple of years. And I'll tell you that if you're curious, there's a book written by a lawyer by the name of Mark Lane. He's based in Chicago, and the book is titled The Mission Driven Venture, and really goes into detail on all of this that we're talking about in this episode. Um, I found the book to be a tremendous resource. And I'm pretty sure you can find Mark's book on Amazon. Uh, and his name is Mark, M-A-R-C, Lane, L-A-N-E, The Mission Driven Venture. Check it out. And, and full disclosure here, I was so impressed with Mark's book that uh, I reached out and connected with him. Uh, and I ended up hiring him as my lawyer for my startup journey map, which, as I said, is an L3C. Uh, I just wanted to disclose that. But coming back to Ben and Jerry, uh, who doesn't like coming back to ice cream? 
There is a fascinating article that was done back in 2012 by the Stanford Social Innovation Review, which always has interesting articles, I find. Um, and, you know, I recall running across this article when I was researching social business structures for my startup back in 2016, uh, before I formed my business. And then I ran across it again uh, just the other day while, while preparing for uh, this podcast. The article is called The Truth About Ben and Jerry's, and was written by Anthony Page and Robert Katz. You see, Ben and Jerry's has always been committed to social mission, but in 2000, the business was sold to Unilever. Yes, the big global for-profit company, Unilever. And that caused a few ripples in the world of social business. The sale of Ben and Jerry's, um, that was very concerning. That was a very concerning event for many people in the world of social business. And the Stanford Social Innovation Review article from 2012 really gives a good synopsis of uh, what all happened and what the related issues were uh, related to that sale. And, um, you know, it's uh, it, it also, that article also gives you a great uh, coverage of the landscape of social business concepts and, and different issues. Um, so, uh, but I have to say, you really have to look at where Ben and Jerry's is today because it is quite remarkable. They are still a wholly owned subsidiary of big global for-profit company Unilever, but they are also a certified B Corp. Uh, they proudly display that, that badge, that uh, certified B Corp logo, right on their website. Uh, they have an independent board of directors that continues to lead the way with their social mission. It's really an interesting story. And, and uh, you check out Ben & Jerry's website if you have a chance. Their story is laid out year by year and decade by decade. And it covers social mission and, and then quite some more, I'd say. Social activism, activism of many kinds, uh, socially oriented nutrition issues, and much more. It's great to learn about their history. Uh, really inspiring. But let's get back to the jargon and dig into some of these terms that are so important to understand the world of social business. Um, uh, B Corps, L3Cs, double bottom line, as I said. It's important to um, understand one critical aspect here before we get started, I think. When I'm referring to social businesses, I'm talking about for-profit businesses that structure themselves from the beginning to fulfill a social purpose. Keep in mind that they are also building a for-profit business that should perform financially so the business can function in a healthy and prosperous way. And if you go seek out that Stanford um, uh, article about Ben & Jerry's, um, you'll see just how important the overall subject of financial performance is, because um, that certainly led to the transaction they had of selling uh, themselves to Unilever. So social businesses commit to a social mission or purpose first, and then they act like regular for-profit businesses. They should work to be um, a sound business, but the social mission should not be subverted to profit. And that is what makes social businesses so different. Social mission first, and then profit. Now, keep in mind that a nonprofit organization, and, and once again, for my listeners outside of the United States, I'm, I'm talking about uh, business constructs and organizational construct legal, legal entities here, in the U.S., um, like a 501c3 is a common nonprofit structure here in the U.S., um, and that's and a, a nonprofit or 501c3 is certainly driven and defined by mission, uh, and then they have tax-free status typically because of that mission. A nonprofit can actually generate revenues greater than expenses, which might seem to be an awful lot like profits, 
but they're not profits. They are excess revenues and they're called overage or excess. Any type of revenue overage in a nonprofit is typically saved up them for future security for the organization or invested somehow to enhance mission attainment. So um, a nonprofit then by definition is quite different than a for-profit and still different from a social business, even though nonprofits and social businesses have kind of a common denominator by focusing on mission. But for a nonprofit, even if that nonprofit sells things and makes more than it spends, if there are excess revenues in a nonprofit, those don't go to shareholders or investors or business owners as profits or some type of return. They go back into the nonprofit organization itself. This treatment of any revenue overage also has a lot to do with tax exemptions that the nonprofits get. So it's important to understand that while a nonprofit and a social business might have aligned interests by concentrating on mission, the nonprofit will treat any extra money earned as an overage and they will do so in part to maintain their nonprofit status. When you get to a social business, they're a for-profit entity and any revenue overage can then be treated like profits, just like any other uh, typical for-profit business. And then, of course, they're going to be paying taxes on those profits. And then the difference between a social business and a traditional for-profit business, however, though, is that that social business has thrown in a commitment to mission in the mix. So a social business uh, kind of has a foot in both the nonprofit world when it comes to commitment to mission and then a foot in the world uh, of typical for-profits when it comes to earning profits and paying taxes, etc. I'm not a lawyer. I'm trying to explain all this from a business layperson's perspective. But as someone who has held executive roles in both nonprofit and for-profit organizations, it seems to me that a social business model is kind of a hybrid of nonprofit and for-profit ideas, if that makes sense to you. Which brings us to doing well and doing good at the same time, which is absolutely feasible. And Ben and Jerry and others, Tom Shoes, there's other organizations that really have uh, committed to this. Patagonia, there's any number of examples out there these days. A social business decides that they are there to help somehow, somewhere. They have some aspect of public good or charitable intent at the core of their business, but they're also going to build a business and generate profits while helping somehow or somewhere. And they declare that that dual intent of doing well and doing good right up front, and they commit to being measured by how much they help as well as how much they generate in revenues and, yes, profits. So that leads us to benefit corporations and B Corps and L3Cs. These are legal entities, once again here in, in the U.S., and are chosen, uh, the, the, so it's how a, a founder, a business founder, decides to structure his or her business. Uh, and, and these are the Ben Greenfields and Jerry Cohens of today. Instead of forming a new for-profit business as a standard for-profit S-corporation, um, if the reason why you're doing what you're doing is to help more people or pursue charitable intent or to change the world somehow through social activism, you might instead uh, decide to become a benefit corporation or go through um, then a more rigorous criteria, as I mentioned before, to become a certified B Corp. And the criteria to become a certified, uh, to become certified as a B Corp, those are managed and maintained by, as I said before, the good people 
at the uh, at B Labs, which is a nonprofit that manages the uh, B Corp certification process. And I, I talked about them as I opened in my moment of gratitude, um, uh, being thankful for uh, B Corporations. To form a benefit corporation, you'll need to legally meet a certain set of requirements involving governance and other criteria. And then if you go for the B Corp certification, which is more advanced, there will be additional requirements getting into areas related to impact and how you go about building and conducting and measuring your business. And whether you become a benefit corporation or go on to become a fully certified B Corp, I, this is great stuff. I can only, I aspire to JourneyMap growing into a B Corp uh, as I head down the path, um, if that's a potential future path for, for JourneyMap. Um, I don't think I'm alone also in thinking that uh, this is really a big part of the future of business, even big business, uh, at least here in the U.S. And I know that there are Social Impact CX listeners in places like the Netherlands and the Philippines and certainly other places around the world. So, you know, if you have interesting takeaways and lessons learned from where you are in the world outside of the U.S., um, shoot me a message. I uh, uh, reply to me on social media or whatever. I would love to have a future podcast that would feature some of the highlights about social business models around the world outside of the U.S. Um, I know that there are public-private partnerships and all sorts of uh, um, charitable uh, in, intent in a business, and those models exist um, all sorts of places outside of the U.S. In fact, there are places where the ideas are far more mature and robust than they are here even in the U.S. So, now, let's talk about an L3C, because that's yet another option when forming a social business. If you're here in the U.S., you may be familiar with LLCs, which are limited liability companies. An LLC is a for-profit company, and, and I'll tell you from personal experience as an entrepreneur, that you can form an LLC rather quickly and easily. It's not always the case, but sometimes it's much easier and faster to set up an LLC than an S-corporation. Uh, when you're founding a new for-profit business, and sometimes time and effort and complexity, that really counts. And so the social business version, I think, once again as a non-lawyer, uh, of, of an LLC, that's called an L3C. And LLC has two L's. We're adding a third L here. The third L in this instance stands for low profit. So instead of forming a standard limited liability company, you are declaring a commitment to social mission right up front again and you form a low-profit limited liability company. With an L3C, you typically don't have quite the same governance issues that you find in a B corporation or, or, or benefit corporation, but you still have the focus on social purpose first, with then the full ability to generate revenues and profits like a regular LLC. So when I was investigating the various options out there to set up my social business, and, and as I said, I formed an L3C for my startup journey map, I determined that my social commitment is to provide affordable customer experience capabilities to nonprofits and social impact organizations so they can better understand the people they're working to serve because customer experience is all about helping more people and uh, in a social impact environment or a nonprofit environment. But as the customer experience work is on track to become a $32 billion market for the next few years, um, many, if not most, of the solutions out there are far too expensive and complex for most nonprofits to use. 
it requires hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars usually by the time you get technology and people and other programmatic elements to do this work. It's just out of reach for nonprofits that are trying to help more people. So no matter what happens with JourneyMap in the for-profit world, I'm committed, as someone who formed an L3C, to offering an affordable version of whatever JourneyMap can do as a customer experience application, uh, to, as used by in an affordable way by nonprofits and other people working to achieve social impact. Forming an L3C is a fairly easy thing to do, I can tell you. The, the only challenge is that L3Cs are not offered as a business structure in every state here in the U.S. So I had to do a bit of extra legwork to make my L3C happen, but trust me, if this is what you want to do, you can do it too, um, if it's what you intend to do with your business. And while I'm on this subject, I should probably mention that benefit corporations and B Corps are not offered in every state either here in the U.S. However, if you intend to form a new B Corp or L3C, all you have to do is find a lawyer who can set up your social business in a state that does offer B Corps or L3Cs. And then you, uh, you'll have to set up another legal entity in the state where you're doing business. It's an extra leg of work, but I found the little bit of extra work very worthwhile. And if I can offer a bit of editorializing here, I think that going forward here in the States, this issue of offering social business entities will become a competitive differentiator as you go state to state and various states and governors compete for small businesses and innovative new companies to be formed in their state. Um, uh, why would you do business where a social business model is not offered for you to form your new business entity? Uh, but that's my opinion. We will have to see how this goes. But there does seem to be momentum for more and more social businesses out there. One last key component here to consider is when you are thinking through B Corp or L3Cs, if you've already decided to go down the path of building a social business, just know that there are some unique aspects to consider related to future investors in your for-profit social business. This might be the subject of a future podcast. In fact, if there is interest, I should get I should find somebody who can speak as an expert. But a B Corp or benefit corporation can, can take on investors in a very similar manner to other for-profit businesses. It's just that those investors will be acknowledging the commitment of that of that business to social purpose first, not necessarily investor value or shareholder first always. And that's a big differentiator. Um, and then in the world of L3Cs, one unique aspect of an L3C is that a major foundation or other nonprofit entity could make an equity investment in an L3C as long as the L3C is prioritizing charitable or social intent over making other making profits. And there are some other elements there too, but it is kind of an interesting um, aspect of an L3C in terms of investors. Um, there are rules surrounding these investor issues for both B Corps as well as L3Cs, but for the business founder interested in forming a social business, it's important to understand that there are funding and investment op options out there, and certainly worthwhile to explore if that's an issue for criteria for your future success. Um, so if by chance you, the listener here of Social Impact CX, are, are considering forming a new social business, a B Corp, a benefit corporation, or maybe an L3C, You'd like to help people with your mission of your future business, yet you'd also like to create a profitable business. I'd suggest that you take some time to absorb all the information that's out there. Mark Lane's book is a great resource. Um, I'll provide a link uh, as I post this on social media. The Stanford Social Innovation Review article about the truth about Ben and Jerry's. 
That article is great because it will help you to think through the landscape of issues that you'll need to consider as your social business matures, what you're planning for at the outset uh, for a successful business as you grow and mature. That article really helps you kind of understand what they went through, and it gives great perspective. It's, it's very interesting. I'm sure there are other great resources out there as well. And then one more last thing. I'd encourage any of you entrepreneurial types out there thinking about launching a social business to find legal counsel that, that understands formation of a B Corp or an L3C. Uh, the advice you'll get up front in that process will be very valuable as you head down the path of building your business uh, to do well and to do good. And that is what social businesses are all about. So this has been Social Impact CX podcast episode 27, which has been all about social businesses, which I think are very closely related to the idea of social impact. Um, and if you're applying customer experience to social impact environments, I think it's good to understand what social businesses are all about right? by forming a business with a mission to help more people yet also make a profit. And, and also, you know, I talked a lot about Ben and Jerry's here in that Stanford Innovation uh, article about Ben and Jerry's. So before I wrap up, you know, I grew up as really a uh, mint chocolate chip devotee as part of my childhood. But when it comes to Ben and Jerry's, I am a Cherry Garcia guy all the way. Social Impact CX, this podcast is also intended to be an interactive forum, a place to stir conversation, answer questions, provide some context, hopefully achieve a better understanding of issues related to social impact, um, which I believe social businesses are directly related to social impact. So, you know, wh wh what questions do you have? Or what's your favorite flavor of Ben & Jerry's? Uh, questions about B Corps, L3Cs are welcome, or any other issues that came to mind as you were listening to this episode, uh, please let me know. You can ask a question or make a comment here at Social Impact CX a couple different ways. First, you can send an email to comment at socialimpactcx.com. That's C-O-M-M-E-N-T at socialimpactcx.com. You can also find us on Twitter and post a question there. Our Twitter handle is socialimpactcx. And please follow us on Twitter to stay up to date with new podcasts and other related content. You can also find me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is John F. Corrigan. Or if you're listening to this podcast via YouTube or SoundCloud, uh, feel free to post a question in the comments section and we'll do our best to catch you there. We're also very excited to uh, uh, be on Spotify and several other podcast platforms now as well. Um, if you're at YouTube, however, please subscribe uh, to the Social Impact CX channel. We'd love to have you there. Um, all right, this is John Corrigan reminding you that, especially in social impact work, it's important to understand that your mission is really all about someone else's journey. And the more you know about someone's journey, the more you can help. Thanks for listening to Social Impact CX.